Hi, and welcome to Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. If you're wondering what you can do with your degree, you're in the right place. You'll learn top tips and strategies you can apply to build an impactful career and meaningful life. Your host, Dr. Marin Wood, will share evidence-based research so that you can job search the smart way. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thanks so much for joining me. We talk about the importance of networking a lot on the podcast. And I know that networking is really, really difficult. It's a thing that most people don't really want to do because it's hard to put yourself out there and ask people for help. You feel like you're imposing on people or you're bothering them. Plus, imposter syndrome is real when you're trying to land your first position out of your graduate program. For those that are making a big pivot from academia to non-academic careers, it's hard to go from being a leading figure in your field to being the new kid on the blog. For international students, English might be an additional language and talking to people in a foreign language is hard and challenging. Uh, there's other, you know, re- reasons why networking can be challenging. You might be shy, neurodiversity, uh, racism, sexism, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that people face. The more unique your situation is, the more important networking is going to be. Because remember that networking isn't just about someone evaluating you, it's actually you trying to evaluate safe spaces, safe organizations where you're going to thrive. And so you need to be looking out for opportunities within spaces where you're going to have the right mentorship, where people respect you, where you're going to be safe. And so networking is just important, even if it's difficult. And I know that job searching and networking is a humbling and challenging experience. So it's even more challenging when you are networking, but you're not hearing back from people. When this happens, I recommend that people take time to just evaluate their strategy to make sure that you're actually networking strategically and professionally. So I come from a humanities background, and so I'm going to take sort of a humanistic approach. I want us to think about the who, the when, and the why of your networking. I want you to consider who you're reaching out to, when you're reaching out to people, And why are you reaching out to people? Let's start with a who. A lot of times people treat networking as transactional. I need a job, so I'm going to reach out to people who can get me a job. That makes sense in some way, but again, it's transactional. And when you're focusing on just talking to people who can hire you, like CEOs, hiring managers, project leads, and recruiters, they're actually the wrong people to give you other kinds of information that you also need to gather while you're networking. What is it like to work there? What are starting salaries and compensations? Uh, What does the day-to-day work like look like? You know, a recruiter has their own job. They're not a data scientist. They're not a marketer. Um, And so you're not going to be able to get the kinds of information that you need if all you're doing is focusing on the people that can hire you. And when you reach out to people on LinkedIn who are CEOs, hiring managers, project leads, and recruiters, they know exactly what you're doing and why. You're just looking for an in for a job. You're not truly doing informational interviews. And that's off-putting. People don't want to be used. They don't want to be put on the spot with a request for a job. CEOs are incredibly busy. Trust me. 
I am the last person on my team that will ever have time to do an informational interview. Whatever limited time CEOs have, it's going to be focused on building and growing their own network to advance their business, finding new customers and partners, for example, or they might just be trying to stay afloat. They're just the least likely person in an organization that's going to have time to talk to you for 20 minutes. Project leads and senior managers are also just slammed. The more senior a person is in an organization, the less time they're going to have. Hiring managers and recruiters, well, it's their job to tell you to apply. If you if you reach out to them, they may brush you off by saying, we don't have a position right now, or you can just apply to open positions on the website. The other problem with reaching out to CEOs, hiring managers, and recruiters is that, as I mentioned, they can't answer most of the questions you actually need answers to in your job search. Networking, as we discussed elsewhere on the podcast, is actually about gathering information that can move you forward in your job search. If you ask me, CEO, what it's like to work at my company, I'm going to be like, I'm pretty awesome to work for. But if you talk to one of my team members, they'll also say I'm awesome. But they're going to give you the pros and cons of working at a fast-paced, iterative, tiny ed tech startup. The information that you gather from people who have jobs you want and are your peers is actually really helpful, not just for applying for positions at that organization, but for understanding the position and hiring process and industry more broadly. Let's say I'm looking for a data science position in Denver. At the beginning of my job search, I might be really interested in working in tech. So I'll do a bunch of informational interviews with people who work in big and small tech companies in Denver who do data science to learn about the different kinds of positions, the day-to-day work of those jobs, how people get hired, how skills are evaluated, starting salaries, and compensation packages. If you're a new master's student with limited work experience, I'd recommend looking uh, for people to network with who are about one to five years into their career. If you're a PhD in career transition, then you probably want to chat with people who are five to 10 years into their career. You're looking for peers, right? That's who you're trying to to identify and talk to. Now, in the process of doing informational interviews, you're going to be building a network of people who can refer you to positions within their organizations or other jobs that come up in their LinkedIn feed or through other channels. It's going to happen organically. And when that happens, let's say there's a job that's open at their company, they can actually introduce you to the project lead or hiring manager in their companies when and if those positions are open. Now, I've kind of hinted at the answer to the next two questions. Uh, When are you reaching out to people and why? A lot of times people start networking when a job is posted. But again, this kind of networking is transactional. When you reach out to people on LinkedIn, when a job is already posted, what that person hears you say is, I see your company has a job opening. Can you help me get it? You're essentially trying to get a referral so that you can cut to the front of the line. My friend Dan gives this example. If I ask you for a hundred dollars, listeners, will you give it to me? Likely you'll say no. Why? Because you don't know me. You don't know if I'll pay it back. You don't know what I'm going to do with it. You don't know me. Asking for a referral is actually a way bigger ask than asking for $100. It's my reputation. And I don't know you. And I might not want to risk my reputation. You know, people are really risk adverse. Now, this is really counterintuitive. But when you start job searching, you actually need to ignore job ads and instead focus on companies and organizations in a city or town you'd like to work in and build connections with practitioners in the field you're hoping to work in. That includes reaching out to people on LinkedIn for informational interviews, 
Yes, but it also requires going out and meeting people in person. We're past the stage in the pandemic when you can limit your networking to online only. Less than 20% of office workers are fully remote now, and almost 50% are in some kind of hybrid position. What this tells you is that companies value in person. It helps build organizational culture, creates better teams, and allows for innovation and collaboration. You know, a friend of mine who works for a mid-sized tech company, they are fully remote, but they balance this by doing offsite retreats every quarter. They bring people together because that in-person experience is really critical. So even if you're looking for hybrid positions or remote positions, you, you want to be networking with people who live in the city and town where you live right now. Um, or if you're trying to move, trying to build networks and connections with people who are living in that city or town so that you have that in-person connection with the community of practitioners you hope to join. Now, another place that you can begin networking, especially if you're on LinkedIn, is to try and find people that you have something in common with rather than just reaching out to people totally cold. You can start with your alumni network from your university. That includes where you did your undergraduate or graduate programs. For international students, if you did your undergraduate degree in your home country, you can search for alumni who are now working in the United States using advanced search features on LinkedIn. They can provide you with a lot of insight into how they navigated the immigration and sponsorship process. If you did your undergraduate and graduate work in the United States, search for alumni from elite and large institutions in your home country. The key thing is that you have something in common with these people. It's a place to start a conversation. Sure, they're cold, but they aren't totally random connections. Now, then there's the why. Why are you reaching out to this person? It can't be simply to land a job or get a referral. You need to approach networking with curiosity and a genuine interest to learn and connect with people. It's like dating. You go on a date with someone who talks about themselves and it's an awful experience. You want to go on the date with a person who's really interested in you and asks you lots of questions and makes you feel very interesting and special. Nobody likes a fake person and transactional networking feels fake. So when you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn and you're trying to connect with people who are, say, from an alumni program, you can write and say something like, I'm finishing my graduate program at UNC Chapel Hill. I'm interested in a career in tech, leveraging my writing and communication skills. I see you're a fellow Carolina alum. Go Tar Heels. I'd love to learn more about your work as a marketer at SendGrid. Or for long-term faculty and PhDs, you can find other people with PhDs who work in industries of interest. Hi, fellow anthropologist. I'm leaving my faculty position and I'd love to learn more about your work at SunGrid and how you made the leap from higher ed into industry. These are requests for true information. They are informational interviews. You're highlighting a connection you have with a person and you'll get a better response rate than randomly messaging people. My last piece of advice is don't give up. I'm in marketing. That's part of my job as a CEO. And when Melissa, my marketer, and I, when we sit down and we send an email to a totally cold list of people, you don't really actually get a very good open rate, right? We're excited if that cold email is open by 15% of people. And a click-through rate, it, you know, when a person takes action, that's close to like 1% to 3%. When you're starting out, you may need to send 20 to 30 requests to get two to three people to talk to you. But the number one question you should be asking people at the end of every informational interviews is, who else should I speak to? Because as soon as you can flip from cold messaging people to referrals, you'll start getting traction in your networking.
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com and sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.